Welcome to the Mindfulness of Singing, and I'm Denise, your sassy, spunky scientist. And I'm Tony, your bubbly, big-hearted flower child. Our podcast features practical tips and tools for a journey of transformation using the healing power of your voice. Each podcast, we will delve into the mind, body, and spirit connection by interviewing inspirational guests, sharing personal stories, and discussing the most recent scientific research. Tune in and join our community of mindful singers. Hey, Tony. Good morning. Well, it's actually kind of almost, well, it is afternoon. Morning for you, more afternoon for me on this cold, cold February. Thus, I am wearing something warm and fake, by the way, so that I... Nobody needs to throw paint on me, please. I'm it's fake. It's fake. It's fake. It's no fake. animals were killed in this video. The wearing of this wardrobe. <laughs> it may be cold outside, but it is warm inside our hearts because I'm so excited about <clears throat> our guests that are coming on today. Mm, yeah. Oh, yes. Yes, 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 yes. Well, more about that later. I love yes. them, as you know, and they're they're in my playlist because I don't listen to opera. I can understand. And and people may think, well, what are two opera singers doing interviewing indie folk rock? But what they don't know is for us, listening to opera is work because you can't shut it off. It's the ears mm-hmm. are analyzing. It's mm-hmm. not. But another day in our story, I want to tell you a story. Okay, let's hear it. I love your stories yeah, for the most part. Tony has a story. Isn't that shocking? <laughs> well, as you know, I had the wonderful opportunity of doing a workshop this week. And the way, oh, really? Tell me more. And so, the way I started the workshop with those of you who don't know was for university students. It was at Denise's University at Radford University. And I asked the students to just say the first word that came to their mind for three different words. And it happened pretty much what I expected um, appreciated their vulnerability, their honesty. In fact, in some ways, it was even worse than I expected, but I'll explain in a minute. So the three words that I asked were work, play, and practice room. Yep. And the only the only one that was unanimous of those three was practice room. Immediately, everybody had the same word, and it was odd. You know what, Denise? I've they literally went like this. Ugh. Exactly. All in one big collective, like they had timed it, like they'd said one, two, three, uh, but they didn't. They just all, it was a collective thought, collective yep. energies, collective thought, whereas I had to coax them. Now tell me, tell me on the others, but can you imagine those of you who obviously a lot of you are, come from a music background, you know, the practice room, it's cold and stale. Imagine if practice rooms were painted green and they had plants and you had a window and you had light and... Maybe people would want to go there. I don't know. Mm, well, okay. So I have to unpack that just a little bit because I've okay. taught at schools where that is the practice room. Like oh, they're they're beautiful. They're they've got windows. They're really nice. They have state of the art equipment in them, and students still hate it. Really? So I don't think it is about the. I mean, I think the the aesthetic helps, of course. But I don't think it's about the aesthetic. I think it is about the mindset of what you're getting to when you use the word play or work. Now, proceed. Which sets me up beautifully because the I asked them in that order. Uh, practice room was the last word that I asked. The first one was the work. And immediately the words that came out of their mouth were singing and music. I was expecting stress hard, challenging, those kinds of things. But the words they said were singing and music. Is that correct, Denise? Yeah, for work. Yeah. Yep. And, and what was play, Tony? Um, fun, easy, um, relaxed. Rest. Somebody said rest. rest. All the words that should be, as, not should, but in an ideal world would be associated with singing or with music, that it should be play, that it should be easy, that it should be rest. Mentally, yes, you're involved in the game, but I just think what we attach to the word bears the fruit that we see. 
So if you go to the practice room expecting work, chances are you aren't going to play. Right. Right. I, well, I couldn't be. You know, and then it also bears the question, does one become a music major because they love singing and love working at getting better? Or do they become a music major because they think that they're going to stand around with their peers and sing in choir all day and do those kinds of things and that there's not going to be any any and and that they expect that their growth is going to happen in choir and it does of course but that their growth is going to happen because their choir teacher is going to give them diction and voice lessons and all the things that a choir teacher doesn't have time to do and when they have to be held accountable for the growth of their voice any anytime you're held accountable and adults are adult adults they're emerging adults but adults who have supposedly emerged and are supposed to be adults are guilty of the same thing. It's just in a different way. Like if we're held accountable for what we eat, hate it. If we're held accountable for, um, you know, maybe movement or getting some exercise, I can tell you right now, I hate that. Uh, uh, I see that as work. I see that as play. Yeah. Yeah. And Tony loves exercise, but she's, but she's a freak of nature. And yeah. yeah, absolutely. And I, I, <laughs> yes, the old married couple at work right there. <laughs> yes. Old married couple. That is a joke. But, We're not really married for anybody who's just tuning in. <laughs> although we could be, there'd be nothing wrong with that. No, um, I'm not judging that. I'm just saying that's not the case here. Right. Like, no, it is not that she is not my type. Yeah. Anyway. Um, but the other, but the other thing I was going to say is, I, you know, I admire the fact that Tony finds exercise fun and loves it. And there are things about it, some exercise that I find fun. There's some things about it, but for me, exercise needs to be about uh, uh, developing a skill. So I like things that are like martial arts oriented. I like kickboxing. I like to learn a skill. I like to think that I can defend myself because I've learned that skill. I like uh, exercise that um, is something that I'm going to do anyway. So if I can incorporate it in like walking the dog and it has some, some utilitarian aspect to it, then I'm all about it. But just to go to the gym, to go to the gym or to just run, just to run, then uh, Denise is not down with that. But there are some people who love it. Running puts them in a different headspace and I get that. And, but it's just not, it's not my wiring. So my point is, is that when we're held accountable, people in general, the human condition, when you're held accountable to something, and especially if it's something you're not great at, or you're fa- you fail at on a pretty consistent basis. And usually that has to do with things that require self-discipline. Then we see it as work. But how can we help them, individuals, anyone shift from a mindset that singing is work to you are exploring your own body. You are. I think that's asking a lot of a 19, 20 year old. Right. I do. I think, I think exploring your own body is not something that comes into play for a while into your adulthood and exploring how how um, things should feel. And, I'm, and I know there are always exceptions to the rule and all of that, but I think they, they first have to become aware of their body. And I think that's the job in college is to help them become aware, maybe not look forward to exploring it or know how to explore it, but becoming aware, bringing awareness to the body is huge. Nancy Bowes said that in our very first podcast. And I think that's huge, but they have to be, you know, led there. It's, it's not, it's not something we, we typically do because our, our, uh, um, perspective is here. Right. And thinking back to when I was that age, I didn't go, I guess I'll have to own my, I didn't go to the practice room to explore. I went to the practice room to master what I was told to do. Yes. Yes. And if you're not mastering that, how are you going to like it? So did the, did the students, because I wasn't in the room, this was a virtual class, um, mm-hmm. did they have that kind of moment of, huh, hadn't thought about, wait a second, work and play related to my, do you know what they no. got that? 
I know. I think that their their thing went, yeah, well, see, this is what getting a degree in music does to you. It makes you hate what you do. Oh, they didn't get the deeper. I, I mean, maybe some of them, yes. But, you know, the the negative voice is always the one that's the loudest, right? And right. I could hear some of that rumbling and see some of those knowing looks like see, you know, but then they're the quiet ones who are always the more positive and more, yeah. Subdued. And then perhaps, perhaps hoping that the teacher won them over as we again began to play and experiment and see that, hey, practice can be something different than it has before. Yeah, I had some voice lessons after our session and, you know, the the, the common theme was, yeah, that was weird, but I also kind of liked it in a weird way, you know? Like there was some weirdness about it, but also, I mean, I could see how it's useful and I, I kind of liked it, you know, and they'd say the one thing or the couple of things that they liked about it. But, you know, I am um, in Bible Belt America and uh, their, their perspective, again, <laughs> For those of you who can't see, Denise has her, her eyes. Yeah, I've got know. my hands over my eyes like I'm looking through binoculars. But really and truly, think about it. What's your perception right now? Just look out into the front of you and what's your percep perception? It's what you can see. It's what you can see. It's what in, what's right in front of you. It's not your body, your feet, your soul, your spirit, your mind, those things you cannot see. They are the thing. This is our perception until you develop the, or you get the permission. And I have my hands around my eyes like binoculars again, but until you get the perception and the ability to widen that vision, practice peripheral vision and, and get, and get permission from someone or give permission to yourself to notice another part of your reality and your perspective. And that is What's my body doing? What's, how does my body feel? What's my mind doing? What's my mindset and mindset? I cannot say enough about mindset. Mindset is huge. Everything. It's well, really? Yes. Tony's right. It's not just huge. It's everything. And, um, you, you won't change your mind. You won't change your body. You will not change whether you love to sing and love the work of singing uh, or, or the love of being in a practice room or any of those things until a shift in your mindset occurs. And frankly, me as a teacher, you as a clinician and anyone else as a teacher, you can teach it all day long and you can say it all day long, but that mindset comes through a shift in someone's decision-making uh, or a perception, maybe an aha moment or being so stinking tired of the same old that you're willing to do anything to change your reality. A, a belief that it's possible to change that. Yeah. Um, this morning, Denise and I had our first DNT session. Woo Not going to divulge the name or the, uh, the individual. DNT session. That's yes. Tony's little brainchild. I love it though, but because, you know, we are dynamite. But anyway. <laughs> and it's no. Denise and Tony in case anybody missed that. But yeah, we had our DNT session. And um, one of the things that kind of ties in what we're talking about is this individual was feeling kind of hopeless that they're, that... Um, her vocal state couldn't be changed. And Denise and I quickly blew things out of the water and said, that's a myth. That's not true. There's to take those binoculars again and say, wait, here's another perspective. We didn't and just tell her. She proved it to herself through what we oh, had her do. Absolutely. She thought because she was older that her range, you know, that she had lost her range. Not true. She vocalized to a C, to a C, start to say C sharp. Give a her high another. C. Yes, high C, not middle C. No. And uh, anyway, the 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 future is bright, and I think the first step in the future being bright is the belief that it's possible for the future to be bright. Because if she continued to believe the myths about her current state, she would continue to see the same thing. So I guess I'm encouraging everybody to believe that it's possible to 
no matter where you are in your exploration of music, that it can become play again. Yes. Come get a free 30 minute session with Tony and I a free, let me say that again, a free F R E E free, no money involved. (laughs) 30 minute, three, zero minute session with us. And if we don't blow you away, we'll give you your money back. But I, but I love that. Now that's a <laughs> yeah. But now, but let's break up with that down is. What we'll do if you decide to do that, we send you a survey that asks a lot of detailed questions about your background, your training, and then a mind, body, spirit questionnaire to kind of assess where you are. And then we ask you to send a very brief uh, video file. Just it can be. It doesn't have to be even three minutes. A minute long for us to hear and observe your singing. And then we just talk through it and the three of us work together. It's not us giving OR, you know, insight and wisdom. It's it's three of us coming up with a plan to help them bust through the dynamite of their their blockages. And I think I'm really excited about how we helped, uh, not uh, us, she was engaged in it too, in the process and and the transformation. I hope we can share her success story soon. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. She's, we, yeah, 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 yeah. Okay. So mindset, this, this makes me think of our, our guests, right? Yes. perfect. It's a perfect segue because these two, our guests today are from the band Bergamot. I want to say Bergamot because it's French, but it's not, it's Bergamot. Now, if you don't know what a Bergamot is, it's, it's like a, it's, it's an Italian or the Italians love it. I mean, maybe they have it in the French Mediterranean. I'm not sure, but but uh, it's an Italian, um, what we would consider looks a lot like a grapefruit and it ha- it's a citrus and it's a lot of skin. You, you peel that back and in the middle of it is a small little juicy, very sweet and citrusy thing that looks like a little orange or a little grapefruit. And um, you have it a lot in, in some of those in oils and things like that. You'll see bergamot in a candles and all of that. And that's the name of the band the bergamot and i'll let her tell you why they named it that but anyway and she and i met um back in i don't know maybe the middle 2000s and she was my voice student she walked into a studio class you know like a vocal class for non-majors i think her major was communications or something and but she was singing in a band with her high school boyfriend and then you fast forward to now and her and uh she and her um High school boyfriend are married. There, he is now her husband, and they travel all over the country and all over the world, um, singing. And they they write their own music. They do a lot of their own music. They will let her tell you about all the the things. I'm hoping he's joining us today too. I don't know if he is or not, but I'm hoping he is as well. And she is. They are two of the most positive thinking people you'll ever meet. They're the sweetest, kindest folks. They're the salt of the earth. Um, and I love their music. It's part of my playlist. I It's one of some of the stuff that I listen to. It's it's considered indie rock, pop rock, you know, but I would say it's, it's not so much rock as it is kind of on soulful coffee music, I guess you would say. They it's, call it indie folk rock. There you go. Yeah. So, it, you know, independent artists, um, who, they, I mean, this is what they do for a living. They don't, they don't do anything else. These two, and they've, they have lived out of an RV, uh, you know, at some point when they, they, you know, do a lot of house hopping. They're actually out West right now, out in mm, Utah or Nevada. I'm not sure where, but fairly close, I think to Vegas, um, living out in the desert, writing songs. Um, they had a Christmas special. They have a YouTube channel, they have a Facebook page, all the things that you can follow. And of course their music's on iTunes and all of that. And they did something really cool a couple of years ago. We'll let them tell you all about that as well. But, and she has a women's retreat also called Wild Wondrous Women. And um, we go, Denise. what? We should go. That sounds like us. No, no women, you know? Yeah. <laughs> yes, it does. Mm-hmm. absolutely we should absolutely do that um yeah she uh, i i she's an old soul i don't know him as well as i know her you know but but she is an old soul and she, 
when I met her as a 20 something, I just thought, wow, the maturity in this young woman is amazing. Well, in fact, I, I, I've never met her, but the more I get to know her, in fact, I said to Denise, I really like this gal. I mean, I was looking to look up her training to see who she studied with. And Denise said, she's my student. Which is funny. Well, I, I mean, I, she was my student. Right. But I had no I, idea. You know, she, yeah. I listened to a podcast and I'm, I'm blown away the fact, by the fact that she was 15 and he was 17 when they met and have been together ever since. And so I just think that's a, a beautiful love story too. And so can't wait to, to meet them. It and, is. And in my opinion, he got lucky. I don't know him. I don't know him. Maybe she got lucky too, but I mean, I, I think, I think he, I think he kind of drug his feet a little. Right. So, Oh, I don't know. Yeah. Kind of like, kind of like my husband, Don drug his feet too. had to drag him kicking and screaming, but now, now he's dragging me kicking and screaming. So, you know, it's funny how those tables will turn, but no, I think she's, I think that she's, uh, I think she's, she's a catch. I think he got lucky that she hung in there with him and was like, no, man, you're, we're, we're going to do this together. Yeah. So she's, she's amazing. And like I said, I, I don't know him as well. He must be amazing or she wouldn't have, she wouldn't still be with him. And he's a good songwriter. I know that. And, and, you know, wonderful. They, they like I said, they make beautiful, great music together and really cool videos. And I just, I love them. I think they're, they're, I don't know. And oh, they, they have won an Emmy. Don't let us forget yeah, that. Emmy award winning too. About the project that I can't wait to hear more about. So you didn't say their names, Denise. Can you pronounce their names? You just said the name of the band. Well, she's Jillian. Jillian Spies. Nathaniel. There you go. Okay. And I'm not Are sure. you looking at it? No, I'm not. I'm looking at you. Oh, oh, I don't remember his name. Okay. I know it's, I know she calls him Nate. Lord well, have mercy. All right. We've got Good evolution, tell the story. Dragonflies, former glories. Oh, eventually. Someone in the swimming in the water Looking down, all oh, that's all us All life goes quickly These generations are coming and go We're growing up now, we're growing old Is Nate going to join us? You know what? He, he's like in the studio deep. Okay. Like so he's already, I'm so sorry. No, no, no. It's okay. We just wondered, we just wondered if he was going to join us or not, but that's, okay. that's fine. He's like, this week's been wild. Cause we've been, we flew our editor out from LA. So it's been every day working on the film and it's going so well. And, um, but he hasn't had any studio time. So today was blocked off like a couple days ago. So I, I good. to your email this morning. I, I wasn't even like as up to date on emails this week, but listen, <laughs> we, 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 we go with the flow. Going okay. with the flow is, is the best thing to do. So, so tell us all the things. First of all, our listeners are going to want to know what a, what a bergamot is. Tell them what a oh, bergamot yes. is why, and why, well, I kind of told them what it is, but tell them why you named the, the band of the bergamot. I mean, I kind of told them, you know, it was a citrus and it's in Italy, but you add to that because. Yes. So a bergamot is a citrus fruit that of course is grown in Italy and it's used to induce happiness and relieve stress by them extracting the oil from the rind of the bergamot fruit. It's an essential oil that people use all the time. We love it. Um, it's in Earl Grey tea. It's the main flavoring in that. And See, I didn't know that. Really? I didn't know it was an Earl Grey tea. I think of Earl Grey as being like typically British and anything they'd get out of it would be, you know, Brit oriented, but not, not that. So that's amazing. I'm going to have to try to see if I can 
get that note the next time I have an Earl Grey. Yeah. You know, what's actually kind of funny about it is when I drink Earl Grey, it like bergamot kind of, this is like so basic, but it kind of tastes like Fruit Loops a little bit <laughs> to me. <laughs> I'm not going to eat Fruit Loops. I'm not going to eat that crap, but, but I, no. I do remember it from when I was a child and it does taste good. So, so maybe next time you drink Earl Grey, just like kind of think of that and just let me know if you're getting that vibe. Well, it's the, it's the adult version of Fruit Loops cereal. <laughs> Denise or Tony would eat Fruit Loops, but we would enjoy Earl Grey. So we'll have to let you know. It's, it's funny because I'm the same. I'm like, you know, super crunchy, organic, like <laughs> I was going to say, you're a plant-based hippie. Come on. Don't well, tell me. Don't ruin it for me and tell me that you're eating Fruit Loops every day. I'm not. I actually don't think I've had Fruit Loops since I was a kid. And but it makes me, and this is like another dimension of bergamot that nobody talks about, but like it does kind of taste like Fruit Loops. So. <laughs> Dig it. Love it. <laughs> That's awesome. Amazing the things you can learn on here. <laughs> oh, it, it is. Yeah, really it useful is. information. <laughs> oh my gosh. As I okay. Said, so, so you named the band after happiness and a sensation of feeling good and, and, a, and a sense of well-being and, and Fruit Loops and all that. So, so that's, that's awesome. Okay. And so you guys met in high school. You're 15. He's 17. We sort of talked about this already while we were yeah. discussing you. And you guys are like, let's do coffee shop singing together. And you did a little of that. And then, and then things got more serious and you decided this is what we want to do with our life. Yeah, it it actually progressed in a very strange way because we were in high school. We, we had an art teacher, Kitty Gunty, who we were both taking her art classes, but they were different art classes. And she knew both of us from those classes. And she just kept being like, Oh, I have somebody I want to introduce you to each other, you know, type thing. And I want you guys to write music together. That's what she, like, she had a vision of this whole thing. And um, she just kept like, when I come in her class, she's like, Hey, have you like talked to Nathan Hoff yet? And I was like, Oh no, you know, like I'm like a friend or at this point, I'm like a sophomore. He's a senior. Like, Oh no. Like we're totally different parts of the school. She's like, you know what? Why you guys need to write a song together. Like when I'm going to like grab him out of the hallway, one of these days when I see him and I'm, when you're in my class. And so like, have no you ever asked her what made her think or feel that like what did she have a dream what yeah I actually I've I've talked to her she so oh my first off like she would love you both so I'm gonna have to share this with her and then secondly I feel like you guys would all like her a lot um <laughs> she is like one of those women who is just like divinely appointed she has she has like a really deep sense of intuition and she we are not one of like we are not the first couple that she set like co-set up like there's there's a line of people well i need to meet her oh my lord <laughs> now tony you just invited every creepazoid out there <laughs> to now start sending you messages on facebook to mindfulness of singing and i'm gonna be like i'm gonna have to be like dude get off <laughs> that shit out you have to go through me first that's scary. You don't, I mean, yeah, you don't want to do that. <laughs> Everybody needs a girlfriend like that too, to help, you know, but anyway, I just am intrigued that she has had, I mean, look at the success of you two. I, I'm, I'm just in love and I just, just met you all through the internet and I, I I'm so impressed. It's true. Uh, she, over the last three days, she's been writing me going, oh my God, I love them so much. Oh my God. I just watched blah, blah, blah. Oh my God. I love them. I want, I, I, I need to be with them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. Yes. So much yes to that. And, um, yeah, that's kind of like the, the magic of the internet, but it's also like something that I'm a big believer in is, um, I believe in God. I believe in angels and, uh, these like divine appointments. And if you can show up, if you, if you're aware enough to be in tune with what's going on and you can show up to that situation and be open-hearted, crazy cool stuff happens. Like I am living proof of that. My life is a testament to that. And like the fact that she saw in both of us something and then like literally like for real to get her off our back, not in like a bad way, but just like she kept 
for three weeks straight, she was like, you, did you write the song? Are you writing a song? We're like, okay, we better write this song. Like just so she can like get off our own. She'll leave us alone. And so she'll leave us alone. And like, we, we are like obsessed with her, but we're also like, oh my gosh, she's like really adamant. We better do this. So we wrote our first song together and that song, she entered it and this is like totally her. She had like a grand scheme. She wanted us to get together to write the song. And then she wanted to enter this song into a statewide competition that represents our high school. And so we finished the song and she entered it in and we like totally forgot about it. And we made it all the way to state top 10 in like the state of Indiana. It was That's our first song right. we wrote together. Yeah. And, and so like that, so like, it's so funny, but that trip together like we had to like it was like a big deal you know growing up in the midwest and being like a teenager and like getting in the car and like spending like a night somewhere and like oh we're going to indianapolis like a big deal and so we spent a ton of time together like leading up to that and practicing and then um we like started becoming like i would say like really good friends like we would call each other all the time and for me it was just like oh we're just friends you know i'm like 15 and he's you know a senior and he's leaving, like, I'm not going to get to attach. But then, um, like after that happened, he, like a few months later, he was like, Hey, I have to tell you something. I'm like, what? He was like super like nervous. And he's like, he's like, I love you. I was like, what? <laughs> oh my God. <laughs> wow. So oh. did you, did you stay together that whole time or did you date other people or did you? No, man, we're smitten. We're like, I honestly think we're soulmates because there are so many things that could have gotten in the way. And like, even across, like, I mean, we've literally now been together for, I'm 30, I'm like, how old am I? I'm 33. I met him when I was 15. We started dating when I was 16 that whole time. So is that like 18 years, 17? I don't know. I'm not <laughs> it's a long time. It's a long and time. And then how long before you got married? And then when I want to get to the music, I've got so many questions. Yeah. yeah. So, um, so to like tie some gaps, we, we started songwriting together. He told me, love me. I didn't know what love was fast forward. I realized when he was leaving for college, Oh, I love him. Like, I'm going to miss him so bad. Like I want to be with him. Like I would be so ticked if another girl like grabbed him. <laughs> I was like, okay, this is getting serious. Um, and then he went to college for two years. Uh, we both were division one athletes and- golf. Uh, yes, yes, crazy. Combination golf and I think, but anyway. I know it's, it's wild, right? Um, See, I think there's a book there and I keep telling my husband, you need to write a book that's called How Golf is Like Singing. Ooh, <laughs> that actually makes a um, I was a division one golfer and I sang the whole way through the rounds. That's part of my <laughs> secret. I would sing the whole time. But think about it. Golf is a game you can never really perfect. You always have to, you have to constantly try to tweak a little of this and tweak a little of that. And think about all the professional players that go back and get co additional coaching and, and get all this stuff. And they, they just change their swing a little bit or do something new yeah. to the swing. Singing is the same way. It never stops changing because your body changes. Everything changes. You're constantly having to readjust this just a little or figure that out or, oh, ooh, this might make my high note better. You know, it, it, they are the same hitting that small little ball yeah. and yeah. trying to smack it to where it had, it gets plenty of trajectory and can reach the back. You have to do the same thing with thinking about how your high notes are going to or, or I'm telling you, it would be a great book. That is actually brilliant. I actually am so glad you said that because one of the things that I took away from all of my time with you, like, and I tell people this to this day when they ask about singing, this is such like, um, this is such a you thing, but we were in your office and you were giving me a visualization on the note, like on like, so getting enough breath, and then you went into detail about how a note is like, you are in a plane and you are the pilot and you are taking it off and you have to take it off smoothly. You have to go up and then you have to land it smoothly. And that for some reason, like out of all of our time together, that has literally like changed the game for me. Because when I, even now when I'm singing, 
like on stage and stuff, I'll be like, just the dynamic evolution of a note. And, and if you can become so intertwined with that, that you can really, you can really showcase emotion in a way that other people might not be able to, if they're just going full throttle, there's such a, a grace. And like, when you watch planes take off or when you're in a plane, it's just that first like 30 seconds of getting off the ground is so important. And then like holding it through and then landing it. And especially with us as a duo, we use this analogy a lot because we're both, we're simultaneously taking our planes off and we have to land. We have got to land at the same time. You can't, you don't want one person landing their note further. It's like, you have to have both at the exact same time, both of the wheels hit the tarmac. And I have like, no recollection of telling you that, but it was brilliant. <laughs> wow, that, that was really good. I tell people that. I don't remember thing. it at all. People have questions about singing. That's like the first thing I tell them. I go, you want to be really good at singing? And, and if they're singers already, you know, they've got some background. I go, listen to this. It's all about dynamics. And my teacher, Denise, taught me. <laughs> I, I tell people that because it's it, that really changed, that really shaped the way I sing. And, and even as we were singing together and through college, we started writing more songs and we started just dreaming up this big vision of what, what type of life we wanted to live. You know, we're from Indiana. The norm is nine to five. The norm is yeah. you get married, which we got married 10 years after we started dating. So I was 25 and he was 27. And, um, but like you do these things in a certain way and everybody does the same thing. And, and people are not, no hate on Indiana. Like I love that I grew up there, but in general, people are taught to follow. They're not taught to lead. And as somebody who, you know, in my, my whole life has been a sequences of jumps to lead. And part of what I do as an artist is to create art that is that is beautiful, that's original, like above everything originals first. And then beautiful is just because we love it and like you want that emotion to be, you know, held. But it's just like, yeah, I mean, it's it's not an easy life being an artist. You you have to give up a lot. You have to let go of a lot of limiting beliefs to get to where we're at and like to get to where we want to go because we have huge dreams. And a lot of people, most of the time, just look at us like, you guys are crazy. Good luck. <laughs> well, speaking of, I want to interject there because I want to hear the rest of the story. I'm so impressed with the Unity Collective. And I went to watch the video this morning. And I'm wondering if the full story got canceled because of COVID or where are things in, in telling the whole story of that? And please tell catch everybody up. And the background is music therapy, by the way. So uh. oh my gosh. Yes, yes, yes. Okay. I'll wrap this. So 2015, we were living in New York City. Uh, we moved there from Indiana. And it's just like one of those God things. But my husband's grandfather passed away. We had to drive back to South Bend for the funeral. And just it was such like a intense thing. And in like the night before the funeral, we were in our station wagon that that is a Volvo, like 2002 with like 262,000 miles on it. And it was like the tour that we've started our, like we toured from 2010 up until this special tour that I'm about to explain. But he, my husband had this like crazy, like divine idea and it was so out of the blue. We like just finished dinner, we we're in the car and he's like, oh my gosh, I have like this idea. I was like, what? He's like, it's crazy, but I'm going to tell you. And I was like, tell me, tell me. And he's like, you know how on this last tour in 2015, when we were out on the road, we felt like people were really anxious, like in a different realm that we've never seen before. Like there, we could just feel more pain. People were pinched more. People were struggling, confused more. There was just a lot more polarization that we were seeing. Like, cause we talked to people after the shows and you can just sense stuff. I was like, yeah. He's like, what if we did a tour where we like connected people and like actually actively promoted like bringing people together and I was like yes like like where people a place for like a safe space where people could belong and he's like yes and like we're like we could what, like what would be the name of that and he's like well I think it'd just be like unity like we would this is like 2015 like nobody's thinking about this stuff and and he's like, I just feel like God like gave this to me. And he's like, we have to go now. Like I've, I've been told like, we need to leave. Like we're literally, this is October, 2015, a night before his grandfather's funeral. 
And he's like, we need to do this like as soon as possible. And I'm like, okay, that's crazy, but I'm super in. And, and he's like, yeah, we'll like tour to like different States. And I was like, well, what if we toured to all 50 States? And he's like, no, that's crazy. <laughs> but we ended up doing it. We ended up, we left New York. We raised money on Kickstarter. We set out to make a documentary in 2015 during, well, no, in 2016, uh, during the, the, the election of honestly, one of the elections of our century, because nobody, nobody knew what was happening. Um, it was wild. And we documented, we toured in all 50 states. After every concert, we invited people that came to the concert and random people on the street to sign their message of unity on our station wagon. We took the station, the unity car to the DNC, to the RNC. We, our whole mission was to use art and music as the catalyst to show America that it is possible that we can actually be more united than divided through art, through music, through collaboration. And along the entire eight month journey, 50,000 miles, 264 shows, 200 cities, we filmed the whole thing. Um, just to give you an idea of the amount of footage this was, this is, it would be, think of a MacBook Pro, think of like 35 of them stacked on top of each other completely full. And so <laughs> at the end of that journey. <laughs> so 35, 35 terabytes of data. Yeah. 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 At least. Yeah. And um, at the end of it, like, well, actually halfway through, we were like, well, what the heck are we going to do with this? <laughs> what are we going to do with the Unity car when this is done? It's a huge art piece, and, and it's one that moved from city to city, spreading a message of positivity and unity everywhere it went. And halfway through the tour, we got a hospital that is in our hometown, Beacon Children's Hospital. They, well, it was Memorial, but halfway through it changed to Beacon, which is cool because it's light. Um, they reached out and said, you know, would you be interested in doing work with us or supporting this. We don't have a music therapy department. And we're like, what? You don't have music therapists for these little kids. We're like, that's it. We're in. We're, what we're going to do is on the tour, we're going to tell everybody about this. When they ask, what are you going to do with the car? What are you going to do with the car? And we said, we are going to auction the car off at the end. And we're going to donate all the money to help bring on the first ever music therapist for the, this department at the children's hospital. And this is how cool this is. 11 days in on the tour, they funded, they fully funded, just like, we have no idea how, but they funded a, a, a donor came in to help for one year of a music therapy department, 11 days in from the day that we started the tour. Wow. The rest of the tour was just spreading that message. Like after, you know, people would sign it and they always want to know, what are you going to do with this after? We said, this is what we're doing. And so after eight months, we put it up on eBay, we auctioned it off, and um, we donated the funds to the new program, which had started 11 days in on the tour. Wow, that's fabulous. You know, uh, I'm all about social justice. It's one of my very favorite things as an artist to, to use art for. And so what would you say to a young, you know, budding vocal performance major or a young budding singer, or even, even an old singer like myself, like, what would you say to someone who's like, you know, I really want to like to sing about this, or I'd like to do a project that's about social justice, but I just don't know how to start. What would you, what, what would be some advice you would give on that? Yeah, that's a really great question. So Something that I notice a lot today in our culture is that, you know, there are hot topic issues that people focus on and we all know what they are. So I'm not going to go over the list, but, you know, there have been issues that have been facing our culture that aren't just hot and like popular now that they've been, they've been underneath the underlying fabrics of our existence as humanity for, for a long, long time. Right. So I would say first and foremost, don't get caught up on hot topic stuff just to be hip. Because I see this a lot in the music industry. People are like, oh, this is so popular. I'm just gonna like morph into this. What I would say is stay true to your authentic self. So for, for us, um, and for me, I'll just speak for myself right now. When I was in college, 
I was really drawn to nonviolent communication. So I took a class on uh, essentially peace and conflict studies. And I also took a WOST class, a women's studies class. So like, these are things that have always intrigued me before like, it was like a big thing for like women, women, women in the front light. And I, I'm all for that. I'm like, I've been for that for a long, long time before it was like a popular thing to like write about. Um, but what I would say is find your authentic voice first. So find what you're interested in first. Start seeking, like, are you, are you interested in making peace? Are you interested in um, bringing together, you know, are you interested in helping women see themselves and love themselves more because that's something that you're genuinely interested in. Because if you're just trying to jump on to like cultural things that are popular, it's not going to last long. I'll tell you that much. Like you've got to be authentic to yourself. You've got to- Because it's hard. <laughs> exactly. Hard. Because it is hard and you have to be dedicated to really understanding and, and genuinely in like a deep like part of your soul understanding why like why you're attracted to this so that you can help other people because if you're just jumping onto a fad it's not gonna you're gonna be like over it so you have to really find your authentic voice and when you are seeking to discover a way to to really give back whether it's for animal rights or whether it's for the environment or whether it's for women or men or unity which is bringing all people together which is very difficult and we got a lot of backlash on the tour trying to do that when we did. And I know we will continue to get a lot of backlash. Um, even when this documentary is released, we will, there'll be a lot of haters, but of course. we're so, we're so passionate about it that, that this ties into like, it's not a fad to us. This is some unity and oneness and fighting for justice and radical inclusivity for all people. It's not just going to be popular today or needed today. Every day that goes on for the rest of my life, it will be more needed every day. Absolutely. And, and, and it's like, one of the things that I love about the documentary is when I'm gone one day, the hope is that whether this takes off in the way that we imagine it now or not, it doesn't matter. This message is going to be relevant today, tomorrow, hundred years from now. If the plant's yeah. still here, 200 years, 400, 500, it's a, a message that we need to be reminded of because we are only as good as the sum of us coming together. When we forget our brothers and sisters who are in pain, and the truth is unity is not happening because there are a lot of people in pain. When people are in pain and when people don't love themselves fully, you're gonna see a lot of problems. You're gonna see more chaos. You're gonna see people doing weird stuff that you're like, why, why are they following this person or this demagogue or this cause? Like they are following this demagogue because they are in pain. And they see this person as somebody who can help them. And if we can understand and have empathy for people from where they're coming from, why is this person choosing to do this right now? I wonder, I wonder what's going on in their head that's causing them to hurt themselves. I wonder what's causing this person to hate this group of people. I wonder what happened to them. Instead of saying, oh man, all these people are bad. Like they're bad people. I hate this group of people. I hate this group of people because they voted for this person. It's, we're not gonna, we're not gonna exist well as a culture if we keep thinking of like this, if we keep judging each other like this, we have to, we have to come at each other from a sense of wonder and empathy. And it's hard to do this. This is the hard work. It is not easy to look at somebody that you adamantly disagree with on almost every level and say, I'm going to listen to you and I'm not going to judge you. It's going to be really hard because I struggle with this. I'm not perfect. We we're humans. I mean, yeah, it's wild. Preach on sister. Yeah, Denise, no, Denise, man, Denise, you are speaking my language. Yes. Yes. We, we are. We are resonating with you. And she mm -hmm. said you were an old soul. And, and I see that. And it's truly beautiful. So, so back, back to the, the, where is the documentary now? Where are those, how many bites and all that? There's an editor there right now working right. on it. Literally right now. I think he's like showering. Yeah. But um, yes, our editor from LA. We're, so, so just for, so for everybody for reference, we are currently in Paradise Valley, Arizona, the Scottsdale area. Mm -hmm. And our editor's based in Los Angeles. We just flew him out here on Sunday. And so, oh my gosh. 
So we're five years in the making of this film. And um, right now, this is the fourth time we've met up with our LA editor. And we do like big batch chunks. So like, it's like, <laughs> you know, really intense work for a week or more at a time. And then we all dissipate. And so where we're at right now, and I'm just like, I don't know, I, I've been getting emotional really this week because we are finally locking in the story. And the last time we met, it was in a place where, if you can imagine working on such a large project like this, like each time you meet, you move. Sometimes you move like 20 miles. Sometimes you feel like you only moved like 10 miles. And I do know. Because you know. just... Well, I mean, just editing a podcast. Oh my God. I can't imagine 35 terabytes of film. Yes. Like I can't, I can't even, I, I would quit before I started. I'd be like, I can't. Oh my God. It's so much. So I'll, I'll tell you the, I'll tell you the truth on this. Had we known <laughs> yeah. what we were getting into, yeah. this we wouldn't be having this conversation. We would have, we would not have done it. This is like the gift of not knowing and I actually think like being ignorant in like the future, like it's actually a huge blessing that we don't see what will happen in the future because we would be debilitated. We'd say, oh, I can't, I'm gonna die. I can't do this, you know? But when it's happening, you just, it's like you take your shovel out, you put it in the soil, you, you're like digging a hole. Sometimes, oh, we hit a rock. It takes a while to get around that rock and to plant this tree or whatever. But so where we're at right now is we are nearing the finish line. Like we can, we can see the top of the mountain. And Excellent. the energy in this space right now is like, so we are, we feel like there's a huge like burden that's been lifted this week going into this week. We all felt like, oh my gosh, how are we going to do this? We all felt like there was a huge burden. It's just like cracking it open again. It's there's anxiety. There's just, it's a lot, but right now we all like last night we celebrated, we did like a late night swim and we were like, oh my gosh, this is like, everybody it's a consensus between the group that this is like at this point we really feel like god's hand is is on it like it's like god is editing through the team and we're all in the flow so we all have like a huge piece about where it's at and like i'm just i'm really excited well tell us about the emmy that you already won for the first part of it or entered the overview or whatever you want to say yeah yeah that's a good way to say that so um in 2018, we went to London to record a record, uh, a record that dropped in, thank God it dropped September, 2019, because we were able to tour on it right before everything. We were literally on that tour when COVID shut it down. Um, but the day that we flew back from London, we flew from London to Chicago because we had some uh, engagements and stuff there. We flew in and then the next morning, so we were totally jet lagged, we went to do this uh, yeah you like you call it like an overview or what did you call it yeah, yeah I feel like that's probably a good way to say this so the university of notre dame they called us said hey we heard about your story we want to do a piece on you like a three minute ish piece um on the unity collective what you did with the children's hospital and we're like yeah that'd be great and they're like hey we're gonna do it on this day so we flew in we we're all jet lagged we like <laughs> Looking back at that video, I'm like, oh my gosh, my face is so puffy. You know, you think of all these things, you're like, I'm so tired, but whatever. Um, but so we filmed the next day this piece. We didn't think anything of it. We thought, oh, you know how you do like, you do an interview on TV or it just happens. It's something that's cool you do and then you move on and kind of forget about it. Well, what happened with this piece is we did it. It was great. We had lunch. We left. Um, we sent music over to score the base of it. And um, like, I don't know how many months later, like six months later or something, we got a call from the University of Notre Dame's team, Grotto Network. And they're like, hey. It's nice. They said, hey, we wanted to let you guys know the piece that we did with you that we did it together uh it just got nominated for an emmy we submitted it in for an emmy and we're like what an emmy <laughs> we were we were driving to catch a flight to fly to austin texas to open up for a band a lead singer of x ambassadors we we're like what really and like nominated we're like oh my gosh like this is crazy like we are like 
this is so unexpected. We're like totally off guard. And they're like, yeah, if it, they're like, if we don't know if you guys are going to be around or not, but if you happen to be back in, you know, Chicago, the Emmys are happening. So how it works. And I didn't know any of this stuff, but you have the daytime Emmys that happen and like the Emmys that happen in LA for TV productions. Then you have, which it's still all the Emmys, all of these regional Emmys. So like you can get nominated within Chicago, the region of Chicago, New York. Um, I don't know how many they have, but it's crazy. Like this network of, anyway. So we ended up flying back and like we went to this, to this celebrate, this Emmy red carpet celebration. And we were just like, we were just like, this is crazy. Like, we just went to just get a couple pictures because we thought that's it, you know. We just got nominated for an Emmy. Well, just that's that's what it was. And when they finally got, we were like at the end of the categories. When they got to our category, there were like, I think there's 10 features that were about the same as ours that were up for the nomination. And we were, you know, you're you they you get to sit there while you're like eating and drinking and and you get to like watch them on the big screen, like in this huge place where everyone's dialed in, dialed up. And we were watching them and we're like, no way we're going to win this. Like these pieces are insane. <laughs> like the production quality, like they're in like a helicopter and like, there's like crazy shots. Like, I don't even know how much money some of these pieces probably cost. And we're like, there's no way. And, um, but at the end, I like, I don't know why, I don't know. Sometimes I do this, but like, I was like, you know what? Like, just in case we win, I better make sure my lipstick is good. It was just like a weird moment. <laughs> so I stood, I were like in the back by like the furthest part by a wall. And like, I like got my lipstick out and I was like, there's probably no way this is gonna happen, but just in case, I don't want it to be like weird. So I got it and like, and they literally called it. They're like, and the winner. And they like, blah, blah, blah. they took out the thing and they're like, the Bergamot, Trailblazers, Grotto Network, the University of Notre Dame were like, what? And that's awesome. It was amazing. It was that's like awesome. so cool. And I wore my, I have a special cape that I designed that says unity on the back. And I wore that up on the stage and Love I got it. to shine on, you know, <laughs> so fun. that's great. That's, that's your signature. That's your signature phrase. Shine on. I love it. Yes. It's very cool. So, so shining on. Yes. Uh, thanks. So, um, a couple of questions come to mind, um, as a singer, a young pop singer, pop rock singer, who are your favorite voices that you listen to? Mm, okay. Um, I love Dave from the glass animals. It's a London based band. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna nod my head like I know what the hell you're talking about, but generally people I won't know what the hell she's talking about. But oh, okay. definitely Dave. listen, definitely listen, give him a listen later. Um, their album just hit number one on Triple J Radio in Australia. It's like incredible. Um, but Dave from the Glass Animals, he has a very unique voice. It's so what about awesome. women? What about females? Oh, don't worry, I'm getting to females. Oh, okay. Right. Um. I absolutely adore Sarah Borelli. I think that she is, her voice is powerful. She has a lot of power in her voice. Are you talking about what some people, who some people call Sarah Bareilles? Yes. Okay. All right. I, I don't, I'm I don't probably, know what's right. I'm just, I'm, I'm just asking. I'm saying it. I'm, I'm really bad at it. That's okay. I mean, I just, I'm asking just simply, I don't, I don't know what's just correct, but, but I'm wondering because I'm, I'm hoping our young listeners aren't out there looking for a Sarah Borelli that doesn't exist. If it is, yes. if you spell it Borellis. Yeah. Yeah. Borellis, Borellis. Yes. I'm really bad at I don't know. back end pronunciation, but um, I love her. She's brilliant. Yes. She's an amazing songwriter. She's always inspired me when I was in high school, mm -hmm. love song came out and I remember being at the, like, the gym, like working out to it and being like, yes, like, these lyrics. Yes. So much. Yes. Yeah. I do um, know who she is. Love her. Go ahead. Oh yeah. And then I would say, I've been actually trying to find some new female vocalists like this week to listen to and any old school. 
I feel like you would like Annie Lennox. I can't imagine that you wouldn't love that voice. You know what's funny? Of the Eurythmics, you know? You're like one of the second people that said I really need to listen to Annie Lennox. There's like a song that she has about like Mother Earth or something that someone's Just, like, you yeah. yeah. And well, and, and also Sade, S-A-D-E. Oh. I feel like you would love her. Okay, I listen to Sade all the time. Um, okay. I love her. Like We're like kindred spirit souls. Yeah. I see that. Um, I actually just listened to her working on like some edits, but you know, I grew up in high school listening to Joni Mitchell, Carol King, Nora Jones, Eva Cassidy. Um, I love, you know, I love the first thing I ever bought. The first CD I ever bought was Andre Bucelli. I was like nine. (laughs) Yeah. Talk about all right. Popra. I love it. I love it. And then the, the first cassette I ever bought was the Beatles for a cassette anthology. There you go. So that gives you a little, oh, and then, oh my God, Stevie Nicks. I, I've, I love listening to Stevie. I've been listening to her since like I was super young and I have her on vinyl. Yeah, I'm not crazy about her voice, but she is definitely a, a storyteller, a spinner of style. A, a you know lyricist kind of singer in the way that she presents her things for sure yeah. definitely okay so what do you do to warm up okay so to warm up first I start with like moving my body like literally taking my like standing up and then like really stretching out my neck I start by like stretching my legs my hamstrings just getting my body like loose and making sure my shoulders aren't tight mm. then I do, I do uh, a warm up that actually you inspired. Um, I do the la 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 la. Or actually, before I get into that, I go woo. Okay, sirens. That's old school. Yeah. Yep, I do that, and then I do like a lot of like. Then I like start moving. I also make sure that my jaw is loose because sometimes I realize I hold stress in here, so I really. Mm want to keep that flowing and loose um I try to do about 10 to 15 minutes and mm-hmm. then we also do like big scales on the guitar together on the guitar all the way up and down mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, cool. yeah all right well, we could talk to you all day long because I, I think you're just absolutely beautiful. Um, so I want to get my last question in and I'll let Denise have one more if she has to. But um, so since the name of our podcast is The Mindfulness of Singing and we can obviously tell what a beautiful spirit shines through you, what's your big mindfulness tips tip for singers? What would you say um, helps you to stay mindful with all the things that you have going on? Well, for me, it's staying grounded in the spirit. So knowing that I'm divinely held at all times. So let's just say it's a massive stage and there's a lot of nerves. I know that I have a guardian angel that's there with me and I know that I'm worthy of stepping on that stage. So there's a lot of grounding and mindfulness in knowing that I'm divinely supported, which is extremely helpful as a singer, because when, when I go out and perform, I want to know that like, I am free to be myself. I'm free to express myself through my voice, through the music, through my movement of my body. And there's a lot of freedom in knowing that I'm held. So I would say as a singer in, from a metaphysical standpoint, I do feel divinely held. And from that point, I'm really able to explore you know, different practices. I do breathing practices. Um, another thing that I really love that helps me sing is I do, now I've been doing like 50 laps in the pool to like build up my oxygen and my lungs so that I can even hit those bigger notes. So like staying physically active, I, I eat really clean. All of these things help me be more mindful in my singing because I feel better. Beautiful. What's your favorite breathwork practice? My favorite what? Breathwork practice. So, um, probably coherent breathing, coherent breath. Do you use heart math? I don't, I don't, but I, I definitely could. I'm actually, I have a book that I'm about to crack into. It's all about breathing. Like this. Um, 
The Healing Power of Breath. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Yes, we, 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 I know that book. It, it's great. You're going to like it. Uh, you're going to want to also breathe, uh, um, read a book called Breath by James Nestor. And you're going to also, you won't be able to put that down when you start it. Just, just set aside about six hours. Cause you, when you start reading it, you're not going to be able to put it down. But let me make a note on this breath by James, James Nestor. And then you're also going to want to read oxygen advantage by Patrick McGowan. And, and he is our uh, McGowan. Yeah. It, we, we just interviewed him. What? New York I'm Times bestseller. We just had him on our show. We awful. he we won't he won't be on until the end of February. But anyway, get it, so get you want to catch that episode because it's oh. amazing. Oh, I will. I'm I want to hopefully I got to buy these books after this. Well, so um, can you give? We will wrap up and let you give any promo for yourself, upcoming events. How will people get to watch this um, video when it comes out? Yeah. So. The documentary is called State of the Unity. And we are, the best way to stay in touch for sure to know when this is coming out, where it's gonna drop is if you go to the Bergamot, B-E-R-G-A-M-O-T.com and you sign up for our newsletter. We give everybody on our newsletter like advance notice on what's happening when. Um, we have an album out called Mayflies that we're really proud of. We made that. I love it. I love it. Thank you. And we're making a brand new record now. And so stay tuned for that. Um, we also have a Patreon account that we post special videos and we do just like super special Zoom and private concerts for our patrons so far once a month. So if you want to like really get to be with us more, um, for $5 a month, you can access those. And we have one coming up for Valentine's day, which I'm excited about. And we post every day on Instagram. So you can see our, us in the stories, what's going on. Um, and of course we have Facebook too. It's all the Bergamot. You can find us on Spotify and Apple music as well and, and hear music. So happy to have you today. Thank yes. you. Thank you. Such good, such great what? advice, in my opinion, for young, budding, wannabe <laughs> singers who, you know, are afraid to get out there. Yeah. I think you're a great, a great source of inspiration for them, for sure. Well, it's my pleasure. And I love both of you. I'm proud of you for doing this podcast. It's a really, really beautiful thing. And you're helping a lot of people. Oh, thank you. Thank you. Of course, shine Tell on. Me, say hello. Shine on. I shine will. on. That's what I was going to say. Shine yes. On. Shine on. <laughs> Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for listening. We are very grateful that you joined us today. If you like this podcast, please subscribe, write a review, share it with a friend.